0: If you break your leg, don't come running to me. Spring and summer. Run between the raindrops. You won't get so wet. Growing up in rainy Seattle, my siblings and I were often instructed to run between the raindrops to stay as dry as possible between the car and our errands destination, usually some type of knitting store, if memory serves. Of course, literally running between raindrops isn't possible unless you have the slender physique of former NBA center Manute Boll and the cat-like reflexes never possessed by former NBA center Manute Boll. But my mom's dictum does point to an interesting problem that has teased physicists and pedestrians alike for years. Which keeps you drier in the rain, walking or running? Consider, obviously a rain runner will get to shelter faster than a rain walker, but will the higher speed put him in contact with more drops as he sprints? The dilemma has been modeled mathematically several times, but there are so many variables. The speed and surface area of the walker, the angle at which the rain is falling, splashing and aerodynamic effects caused by faster movement, and so on. When Italy's Alessandro De Angelis crunched the numbers, he came out in favor of walking, but the equations of Winnipeg's Donald Cragen and British astrophysicist Nick Allen disagreed. Luckily this isn't a hypothetical exercise, like modeling particles in the Big Bang. The world is full of real raindrops and real pedestrians, so any parking lot in April can become a laboratory. When the boys on TV's Mythbusters tried to answer the question, they got different answers each time, but viewers felt their first findings were suspect, since they used fake rain. The straight dope columnist Cecil Adams tried the experiment in 1992. Methodology? Counting raindrops spattered on a piece of construction paper. And so did Thomas Peterson and Trevor Wallace, two meteorologists at the National Climatic Data Center in Asheville, North Carolina, in 1997. Methodology? Weighing their clothing after their race to see who got wetter. And both found a clear advantage for running. In the peer-reviewed North Carolina experiment, Dr. Peterson's sweatsuit absorbed seven and a half ounces of rain while he walked, 40% more than Dr. Wallace's did running. Why is running the way to go? If you stand still in vertical rain, you'll only get wet on the top of your head. But once you start to move, your front starts getting wet as well. But, crucially, you don't hit fewer raindrops by moving slower. Think about it this way. In every volume of space, there's a certain density of raindrops. Your front will meet that density of drops when you get to it, no matter what your speed, so going more slowly doesn't help. It turns out that real-world effects do give runners a small increase in dampness. Maybe the air currents caused by running suck in more rain than they repel, or heavier footsteps cause more splashing. But that's a drop in the bucket, so to speak, compared to the wetness you'll prevent by getting to shelter quicker. So, science has finally demonstrated that people without the sense to come in out of the rain, ASAP, are all wet. I wonder if the National Climatic Data Center can do a peer-reviewed study on why I only have an umbrella with me when it doesn't rain. Verdict? True. Stay away from the windows during a thunderstorm. Ah, the eternal struggle. Kids who want to watch a showy lightning storm versus the parents who want them away from the window. The National Weather Service has your back, moms and dads. They list windows as something to avoid during a storm, in a long list that also includes other parental bugaboos like showers, sinks, light switches, and corded telephones. Remember those? Closing the window helps, but mostly because it lowers your risk of being hit by debris. Wind knocks down plenty of branches and poles during bad storms, and shards of bark and wood can fly 50 feet or more when lightning strikes a tree. Lightning can still pass through a closed window. Glass is a pretty good insulator, but so is air, and lightning obviously has no problem leaping through that. But windows and doors often have metal frames and handles, which can have electrifying results for people caught opening or closing them at the wrong times. And yet I cannot, in good conscience, top out the truth meter here at 100%. There are about 300 lightning-related injuries in the U.S. every year, meaning that your odds of being hurt by lightning this year are literally one in a million. Being a window-looker-outer instead of an inner-wall-hugger during a storm will budge those odds, but only slightly. Every few years, a lightning strike through closed window makes the news, and no doubt a few more go unreported, but it's exceedingly rare. There are also costs to never getting to watch a dramatic lightning storm pass by, poetry of the soul costs not easily measured by actuaries or the National Weather Service. Verdict? True. Every day is Children's Day. Kids get to hear this one every May and June, as soon as they realize that moms and dads both get a special day for breakfast in bed and the presentation of macaroni and glitter handicrafts, but that no greeting cards are ever available for the other members of the family. There are certainly many other days of the year when adults wait on kids' hand and foot, just the days that end with why, I've found. But when kids ask, how come there's no such thing as Children's Day? A more accurate, less annoying answer would be, there is. In fact, there are several Almost every nation on earth celebrates a special day for children in one way or another. When I was a kid living in South Korea, it was a huge national holiday. We got May 5th off from school, making it a distinct improvement over Mother's Day and Father's Day. Always.